Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 52. We're going to talk about player development today and how uh, we as coaches have to be aware of a couple of things when it's time to talk about players and, and where they're at in their growth. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First off, we want to talk about Cleat It Up. Cleat It Up FP is the communication tool you need to use. It's going to solve all your communication challenges within your team across your organization. It has a great social media aspect to it. Also, check out Nexair. Nexair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier. With strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the southeast, Nexair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Nexair product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888-639-2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Nexair. They'll take care of all your needs. And finally, please check out our Patreon page. Our Patreon page, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Coach Don and I are continuing to grow and do everything we can to make Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep a bigger and better operation. And to continue that growth, we really could use your financial support. So if you can afford to be a patron, donate either $5, 10 or $20 a month. We would really appreciate that. It would help us tremendously as we continue to try to grow everything fast pitch and coach prep. So it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash everything fast pitch. So Don, player development. Here's one of those things that coaches need to make sure they kind of wrap their heads around because I think sometimes we lose track of it. Kids are always changing. They're always growing. They're always becoming a newer, different version of themselves. And it's up to us to make sure that we kind of keep that all in perspective and keep doing a good job of helping them grow. No doubt. I know uh, that's something that uh, being in this for as long as we have, we've had a chance to see kids come along from, you know, being five, six, seven, eight years old, all the way through their college experience. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen some groups of young kids that come in and that are training. And, you know, over the years, a couple of them fall off and a couple of them stick with it. And the kids that you wouldn't necessarily take note of when they were really young end up becoming the very best right athletes and the very best recruits that you could really hope for and it's interesting to, to think back and go wow I didn't I didn't really think that that was going to happen but right. through their efforts through their work through their dedication they become exceptional athletes when in the beginning if you had to pick one of the 10 kids that were in front of you they might not have been that one, so we right. don't want to we don't want to discount uh, you know helping and giving uh, full attention to every single kid, right? Right. Well, and the reason I wanted us to talk about this is because human nature is is a never ending discussion that we're we're always having, and it's human nature for us as coaches to be naturally drawn to the more talented kids, the quickest, right, the strongest arm, yeah. maybe, yeah, and, because yeah. the more talented kid, the more naturally gifted kid gives us that instant feedback as coaches. We work with them on something and we see a difference. We teach them a new skill and because they're naturally talented, because they're naturally gifted, there's like absolute, you know, instant, you know, pat on the back at a baby. Wow, look how much better she's getting. Look how much that's have improved her game. 
And so I think we have to always be aware of that, that that's our natural predisposition. We're going to be naturally more drawn to those more talented kids. And if we fall into that trap, there's going to be a lot of kids that we could be helping, that we should be helping, that maybe kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. No doubt. I think that's so true, Tori. Again, it's exciting to get a chance to to watch these kids grow and those that put forth the effort get great results. Right. And this trap that we're talking about is not just with the youngest players or the least developed players. It's true across the board. I think college coaches are just as likely to fall into this trap as that eight and under rec ball coach. No. And so we have to all be aware of it because it's just a it's a natural draw. Uh, to the more talented player. The reality of it is that you know, when we sign up to coach, we're signing up to coach all the kids. Right. Some of them are going to you know, be a little bit longer project. Some of them are going to take a little bit longer to see the fruits of, of our labor, to see our investment pay off. But the one thing that I, I keep thinking about as we're having this discussion is the kids who maybe were a little bit less talented that ultimately made themselves into really outstanding players because of their work ethic, their commitment, their passion, their dedication versus some of the kids that might have had a little bit easier go at the beginning. No, that's heartwarming to see all their efforts pay off. And and we've seen it over and over and over. And also, too, on the other end, we've seen the extremely talented kids that were exciting to coach when they were young, that were quicker, that were stronger, that were all those things. We've seen them kind of fade and taper off. Sometimes they blossom into the amazing athlete that you expect them to. Sometimes you see them kind of fade off and everybody else catches up and then they get frustrated and wish they could get all that time back, right? Right. Well, and I think that's a good point, Don, something that we have to be thinking about. So when we're thinking about player development, so let's talk about the really skilled, really talented kid first. So the really talented kid, we're always drawn to them. We always want to coach them, but sometimes we don't push them enough. We don't challenge them enough. Um, I've seen a couple of kids now that I think are amazing athletes that are extremely gifted, that don't get pushed enough, that don't get challenged enough, that kind of get to skate by just with the uh, ability that they have. And we kind of take a blind eye to mistakes or we take a blind eye to shortcomings because, well, she's still hitting 600 or she's still getting on base every time or she still has never been thrown out. So because she's so naturally gifted, we think it's all just going to sort itself out. Tori, I think that's an awesome point because whatever task or whatever drill or whatever thing we do, they just seem to do it so much better than everyone else that we don't make them experience something that they can't do. Right. And if we can show them that there are things that they can't do, then maybe they will up their game and work a little harder and, and uh, not be on cruise control or coast a little bit. So even though those, those things might be things that the other kids obviously couldn't do um, yet, to let them experience things that they're not able to do might uh, encourage them to work even harder. Right. Well, and I think here's our challenge, and this is what we really want our coaches to start to think about. When we're thinking about player development, our goal should be to look at each player as an individual project and to set a standard in our mind and a goal in our mind for each player that's based on the best version, the best possible version of that player. Where they are and where they could right. be. Yeah. And, and so if we've got that kid who is super fast and super strong, that we are holding them to a standard that's, that allows them to be an amazing player. Not necessarily even the best player on your team, maybe the best player you've ever seen. 
maybe the you know maybe that you know one in a lifetime Olympic quality big time Division One big time professional kind of kid. If we've got a player in our program who's got that kind of natural ability, that we don't judge them against other players, but we're judging them against their potential and judging them on what's the absolute best version of them. Because I think if we judge them on that standard of the best version they could possibly be, the best, um, the most developed player they could possibly be, that each player is going to get our appropriate attention and each player is going to get our appropriate level of commitment to helping them fulfill their potential. No, I think that's awesome, Tori. And I'm seeing a run from home to home and timing them just to see where everybody's at and, and having a different expectation for each of them, right? right? And you did this two weeks ago. Let's see where we are today. Yep. For us as coaches, it requires a lot more work because it's a lot easier to just sit down and make out a practice plan and think that, you know, all 12 kids are going to do this, then all 12 kids are going to do that, and all 12 kids are going to go through the same exact drills, and then, you know, the same 12 kids are going to stay in the same place on the pecking order that they already were when they walked through the door. Or we can make up our mind that, okay, we've got these two kids that are really, really good, and they shouldn't be doing the exact same drills that the two weakest kids are doing right now because, you know, they're capable of doing something more challenging. You know, once upon a time, you know, I would have a note card, and we would set up a hitting circuit, and we would have a, uh, a piece of equipment set up at each station, but each station would have a note card with, here's Don's drill at station one, here's Tori's drill at station one. You and I might be partners, we might be going through the hitting circuit together, but when we get there, you might be doing something way more advanced, Strengths a way more challenging drill, yeah. because right now you're way ahead of me, and then I would do my drill. And then we would go to the next station and be the same thing. Now, there might be one or two stations along that, that hitting circuit where I might be doing something that's a little bit more advanced than what you're doing because maybe I'm a great bunter, yep. but I'm a terrible hitter. Okay. And you're a great hitter, but a terrible bunter. So when yeah. we get to the different stations, your drill would be different because of where you're at compared to my drill because of where I'm at. Now, it means for me as a coach, I've got to sit down and say, okay, Don and Tori are going to be partners today, and we're going to do 12 hitting stations. So at all 12 hitting stations, I've got to have thought it through enough to have a plan for each player. And if I've got 12 kids on the team, that means at each station, there's going to be you know 12 note cards with 12 different drills for 12 different people based on what their skill level Strengths is, what they should be working on yeah. that day. Now, does that sound like a lot of work? Yeah, it is. More. But if mm-hmm. our goal is to look back when we're all said and done and say, dang, Look how much Don has improved. And so that at the end of the day, you know, even though we went through a 30-minute hitting circuit, you got to work for 30 minutes on the things that you really need to work on that match up with what your skill level is and what your potential is versus just doing the same thing everybody else did. Well, and Tori, I think what's exciting about what you're saying too is that uh, we're all going to stay excited and engaged right. when, when we're challenged a little bit right? rather than just kind of going through the motions, doing the things. It's like, hey, this is really what I need. This right. is where I need to up my game. Yeah. When, and the other part of it is, for me as a player, if I know my coach is invested enough in me individually that they really have thought about specifically what I need to do, that's pretty yeah. exciting. That's pretty motivating. I think it's a way for us as coaches to help all those players become the very best version. There's also kind of a built-in competitive nature to it. If you're getting to do a drill that looks really challenging and really hard, 
and I'm doing something that's like a preparatory drill, something that's going to get me ready to maybe being able to do that in a couple of weeks, I'm a whole lot more likely to stay after practice and work on stage two and stage three so I can get to stage four. Set it up on my own. Right, and, to work yep. on it, maybe ask for a little bit extra help, maybe get the coach to stay and, and work with me on something else besides what we did during the hitting circuit versus us just going through the motions, as you said before. And being you know, satisfied. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're great at it. I suck at it. We both do it. I don't really learn very much because it's way over my head. I, you know, I, I'm not able to do this drill yet. And you don't get very much out of it because it's easy for you. Yeah. And we go through that circuit, you know, 12 drills later, you're the same player you were when you started. I'm the same player I was when I started, except we got a little bit of practice time. Right. Because the challenge is we have to understand our, our predisposition. We're going to be drawn to those best kids. Well, if we're going to be drawn to those best kids, that's great. But we got to be drawn to all the kids. And we got to invest ourselves enough to make sure that we come up with a plan that's going to help all the kids fulfill their true potential. And if we start to think about each kid as a different canvas and each kid is a different masterpiece and each kid is a different opportunity for us to show that we're the kind of coach that can help them become the best version of themselves, then I think we're really doing something special. You know, and I think there's going to be all levels of this too, Tori. And, and all we're doing is really trying to encourage everybody to do just a little bit more, right? To have a little bit more thought put into each of the kids and practice preparation and all those pieces if we can do just a little bit more i think that uh, the excitement the success is going to be greater right and i think for us as coaches it's really challenging because it's real easy to fall into a routine it's real easy to fall into a a system where we just knock out the same thing i'm i'm as guilty of this as anybody can possibly be yeah where the idea and and of course we justify it in our minds as coaches are like well they still need to work on this we're not good enough at this yet Sure. So we kind of lump everybody into one pile instead of seeing the potential within that pile to have a whole lot of different individuals accomplishing different things. So for coaches, here's our challenge. Player development is our job. That's why we wanted to be coaches. We want to see them all become successful. If we're doing this just because we want to win games and just want to win trophies, I think we're seeing it backward. I think if we recognize that each kid is our individual competition and each player is our chance to show what we're capable of doing as coaches. The other part will take care of itself. Yeah, winning takes care of itself. If I've got 12 kids on my roster and you've got 12 kids on yours and your 12 kids do the exact same thing every week and I invest my time and effort into my 12 kids making sure that each and every one of them is the absolute best version of themselves, this week you might win because you've got better players. And six weeks from now you might win because you've still got more athletic kids. But a year from now... Let's compare notes then. Yeah. And two years from now and three years from now and five years from now, then let's see where each one of those players are yeah. at. Um, the reason I think that's important is because it's good for kids at all parts of the spectrum. It's a great way for you to coach your best player because she's going to keep getting better and she's going to keep being challenged and she's going to keep her excitement level because it's still fun for her to come to practice every day because she knows you're working your butt off to make her better. But it's equally fun and, and valuable for your weakest player. Because they know, too, that you're just as invested in them, helping them become the very best player they can possibly be. And we've talked about Stephanie Fisher in the past. She's a player that played for me when I was at Tennessee Tech. She was the only Division I All-American that I ever had the good fortune of coaching. I had a bunch of kids at the Division II level that were recognized as All-Americans. But so Stephanie was the absolute success story because she came to us as a walk-on player that was unheralded, unrecruited a good athlete, but really an unknown quantity. And when she started with us that f- fall of her freshman year, 
I was like, well, yeah, she's got some potential. Right. Yeah, she, she's, she's got a chance. But because of her work ethic and her dedication and her willingness to keep accepting challenges, all of a sudden, like, dang, she's pretty good. Like, dang, she's a starter. Dang, she's the number three hitter. Dang, she's an All-American. Right. It would have been real easy when she was a walk-on freshman that we didn't even know what we were going to do with, where she was going to fit in, if she could even play, to lump her in with average kids or the mediocre kids or the weakest kids. Just being one of the numbers. Or we got lucky, and she worked really hard, and we were able to come up with some things that helped her develop. If it can happen at the college level with a kid who's 18 coming into a college program, just think about what you can do with a kid who's 8 or 9 or 10 just learning how to play this game. That's awesome stuff right there. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode number 52 of Coach Prep. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, Clean It Up FP, Nextair, and make sure you check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. So for Coach Don McKinley, this is Coach Tory in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to episode number 52, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>